Big Fluff. You sad, sad freak. I can say whatever the fuck I want, and you won't remember. We'll still be best friends. Or maybe even lovers. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, Lars Periwinkle. How is it going? Terrible. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I I it still seems polite to ask. I still I still want to ask, even though I know the answer. We all know the answer. Yeah, we all know the answer. It's it's fine. I just appreciate that you respect me enough to to give me the real answer, to not be like, everything's great. Yeah, well, I give you the, the real, real answer in a polite way. Yeah. Random people that say, how's it going? I say, what the fuck do you think? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Which is the, the, I think that's the right answer. That's the right way to go. All right. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about on this show. Which is not always a sentence I can say. So I'm excited for this week one. Uh, but at the top, I, I thought, you know, as as a public service, uh, you know, that that maybe what we should do is, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much you've been following the news, but they, they announced the, the Pfizer COVID vaccine. Uh, it, it was approved in England. It's being fast tracked here in America. Uh, but fascinatingly, like people in England are are able to to get the vaccine. They started getting it, and so I know right. th- this is obviously it's a big public health issue. It's something that's given us a lot of anxiety. So I thought maybe to help reassure people, uh, a good way to start would maybe be I have a little bit of audio of a guy from England who got Ooh. the COVID vaccine, and I think. Maybe if people have questions, they're not sure how they feel about it. I just thought this might be a good place to start. Let's hear from someone who got the vaccine and see how he's doing. Okay? Okay. 
it, Mr. Kenyon is 91 years old, and I'd like you to tell us how you came to get the vaccine this morning, how it happened. I rang up uh, Guy's Hospital, which I know very well, so I've lived in London most of my grown-up life, and uh, I said, what's this thing? You're doing the vaccination. They said, yes. And then they spent various times asking me questions about this and that, not very interesting, and I said, yes, no, yes, no. And they said, we'll come at half past 12. Of course, I couldn't damn well find anywhere to park my car, so I was late. Um, anyway, I'm here now, and... Um, I got inside and they duly put me on a list. I went off and had a rather nasty lunch and then came back and um, they were ready for me. And no, uh, it didn't hurt at all. I didn't know the needle had gone in until it had come out. Um, it was very interesting. No, it was painless. And it, w it was a quick, quick in and out for the needle like any vaccination. Exactly. Well, if you don't, vaccinations aren't very common, are they? One has inoculations, no. Well, so, so you you called this morning, sir. I rang up and hospital and said, "I'd like to be vaccinated. You're vaccinating, aren't you?" I've heard it on, seen it on the news, was news, and uh, they said yes. I said, and then they asked me questions. They said, "Come in at half past twelve." How do you feel that you are now one of the first people in the country to have received the first dose of this vaccine? <laughs> one of the first people in the world. How do you feel about it? I don't think I feel about it at all, except that I hope I aren't not going to have the bloody bug now. <laughs> I don't intend to have it. All right. Let's just... I just loved him that I saw that clip. That's Martin Kenyon. Uh, and he he made me very happy to watch him talk about his experience uh, getting the vaccine. That's great. What was his name again? Martin Kenyon. Kenyan. Oh, that reminds me of my favorite country on planet Earth, Kenya. <laughs> Kenya's great. You know, I just, uh, I, I haven't checked our numbers there in a while, but just want to say we love Kenya. Uh, it's great. Yeah. 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 Beautiful climate. Um, yeah. That guy cracks me up. He reminds me, he reminds me of me <laughs> in that. How was your experience? I couldn't find a place to park. Yeah. I had a terrible lunch. <sighs> I love that, that he, he notes that his lunch was bad. That's an important part. <laughs> the lunch was terrible. <laughs> no, I, that guy, yeah, he, he just made me very happy. I thought you'd appreciate it uh, just because uh, I'm pretty sure he's been a fixture of many uh, a British television show. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, usually David Tennant's trying to get some information about a murder from him or something, you know, and he's <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that's this is the this is the attitude that I think um, draws me into being an Anglophile of, you know, um, there's this there's this pandemic that's ravaging the globe and you've received one of the first inoculations for this uh, for this disease. And uh, when someone asked you about it, you complain about parking. Mm -hmm. The food wasn't very good. Yeah, um, it didn't. It didn't even hurt. Like, what were they talking about with needles? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Let's just like it almost seemed as if um, it seemed as if one, it was an inconvenience to even be asked about it. Yes. And second, he wanted to talk about anything but actually his opinion of getting the vaccine because that's not the point. Like, what are you talking about? I got the vaccine. That's nothing to talk about. There was a vaccine. I went and got it. Well, and that was uh, 
I, I cut down the clip a little bit uh, because I mean it's like a four minute clip of this interview, but the the introduction the it's like a CNN reporter and they're they're explaining that apparently they got Martin Kenyon like just they saw him leaving the building and were like I don't know he's old he might have gotten the vaccine so like I do actually think in his defense that he was uh, truly probably baffled. It wasn't like he saw a camera and was like, I would like to share my story. It seems like they were like, can we ask you some questions about it? And he was like, yeah, okay. I'm British, so I'm uh, required to be polite, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this in length, much to your dismay. <laughs> ask me one question. <laughs> ask me one question and I will answer 30 other questions. There was, I don't know if you caught it to like right before I cut it, uh, the fact that he's still just talking in the background as this CNN reporter is yeah. like trying to keep going. He's like still just going. Like once you put the quarter in him, like he's not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, funnily enough, no one has spoken to me in um, 292 <laughs> days. So I have stuff to say. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, all right. And he could he couldn't find a place to park. This ninety one year old man <laughs> is driving around London looking for a parking spot. He must be amazing to be behind when you're trying to get someplace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That yeah, it, implicit in that is the idea that he drove there. <laughs> like there's he probably passed so many spots that you could <laughs> that you could land an aircraft carrier in. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But there you go. I mean... Too tight. It's too tight. <laughs> Not bloody well fitting in there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway, hopefully that reassured you if you were on the fence about the vaccine. You can still be a cranky old man after you get it. So They can't take that away from no. you. Uh, but speaking of uh, COVID-19, uh, there, uh -huh. there was... Between the last time we recorded this show and now, there was some earth-shattering entertainment news, and I don't—I don't know if you want to like. If we—I'm sure we'll all remember where we were. Uh, spoiler: I was in my house because I don't go anywhere. Yeah, uh, and I was <laughs> reading Twitter on my phone. Uh, but Warner Brothers announced that all of their films for the calendar year 2021 will be released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max, which is pretty big because it's not... These aren't like throwaway movies. This is, you know, uh, the Suicide Squad that James Gunn made. This is uh, The Matrix 4 is in there. Like... Yeah. <laughs> that was my phone. Ah. Uh, no, 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 it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Matrix Force, big news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that was, I said, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like when you're on a bad date, I set up a call for a fake meeting if, if oh. the Matrix 4 came up because, you know, people know I loved right. the early Matrix movies. So they're like, what do you, what do you think of the Matrix 4? <laughs> oh, I got to take this. And then I just, you know. <laughs> uh, then you are you about to crawl out of the bathroom window at the restaurant? Yeah, totally. I don't, look, I, I love Keanu. I love the Wachowskis. We shouldn't be making a Matrix 4. Well, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that was, that's, that is huge news. Also, uh, yeah, uh, 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 Dune. 
Goddamn Dune. Oh, Dune. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. I was just getting ready to tee up mentioning other movies, and then I got distracted by the phone. But yeah, Dune is probably arguably the biggest of the, like, those movies. I would movies. think so. Yeah. There's also a Space Jam in there. I know there, there's... Oh, there, there's a Space Jam. The, the new Space Jam is in there. I forgot. That still seems like a joke to me. Like the, um, like the twin sequel... With Arnold and DeVito and Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, I still see, like, everyone talks about, yeah, we're actually doing this, but I didn't actually think it would. Yeah, I um, thought it was a conversation because it's LeBron, it's LeBron James, right? But I just assumed that, like, that was just someone's natural conclusion of, like, if we were to remake this movie now, who, yeah, I, I wasn't super aware it was happening either. Probably because, uh, I, why? <laughs> Yeah, totally. It was just pie in the sky thinking. I think it's for me mainly. It was because, um, and like this, this isn't an easy thing to say. I, I'm not being flippant about it, but the the target audience for the movie, it being you know kind of a kids movie, do they give a shit about Bugs Bunny? Yeah, you know. No, I mean, well, I know that. Uh... Uh, being an HBO Max subscriber, I do know that there's definitely been a push to there's new Bugs Bunny cartoons on HBO Max oh, okay. that are being produced. I saw, uh, you know, the show We Love Clancy Brown. I saw him just today tweeting about the fact that he did a voice in a new Bugs Bunny cartoon. But I would agree with you that I would have to guess that Bugs Bunny does not have uh, the cultural like status that he had uh certainly when we were kids but when Lars and I were kids uh they would play Bugs Bunny cartoons right after they gave us an update on the war in movie theaters they would you know you yeah. get the the like yeah. the the news from over there and then they would play a Bugs Bunny cartoon and then you know mm-hmm. the the rest of our nickel went towards whatever movie we were seeing in the theater Here's our boys watching over us overseas <laughs> and at home, the ladies making the things we need to get by day by day. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, like, Bugs Bunny was a big deal. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Not to mention there, not to mention, you know, all the, all those horrible t-shirts that we had to buy or else we were social pariahs of Looney Tunes characters wearing modern clothes. Oh, man. Backwards. You kid, you kids still, you have no idea what it was like to go to the mall find one of those kiosks that was just uh-huh. selling off-brand Bugs Bunny dressed, you know, in like baggy hip clothes mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. with some sort of ironic saying at the bottom of it. It was it was truly a golden yeah, era. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a phenomenon. It was such a phenomenon that lasted for, you know, 18 months mm-hmm. in, I don't know, it probably would have been 1993. That's the sad thing, though, right? Is like, when, yeah, that, that was crazy. When you say the target demographic is kids, I I almost cynically wonder if the target demographic is uh, people our age who now have kids who are like, no, you like we're yep. people our age are going to drag their children to this movie and they're going to be like, well, Dad, I don't know who this this bunny is. Why is he being such a dick? I don't understand it. Yeah, that's it. So the, <clears throat> I believe what they've tried to do, I guess that's what they tried to do with the original Space Jam as well, is make it so kids stomach it and will like it and want stuff that they merchandise from the movie and make it tolerable for the adults. 
I think they failed the first time mm-hmm. because yep. the adults were like, uh, you know, sure, I watch basketball and Michael Jordan is the best, but now I have to go to this stupid fucking movie. And um, I can watch, oh, all these Looney Tunes characters that I love be not funny. Yeah. It was not a- funny at all. Do shit that I hate seeing them do. <laughs> it's it's not a good movie. It's also, my favorite part of it, uh, by the way, is that. Uh, it was filmed in that brief window of time when Michael Jordan had retired from basketball and was playing baseball instead. So that's like yeah. in the movie <laughs> is that he's a baseball player. <laughs> so, oh, man. I will say, obviously, we don't talk about uh, sports on the show, but one of the my quarantine watches that I really treasured was watching The Last Dance on Netflix, which is a really great documentary. Uh, and what I realized is if Michael Jordan had been actual Michael Jordan as revealed in that documentary instead of like kid friendly Michael Jordan and had just been like way too competitive and like just shouting at the Looney Tunes about how terrible they were playing. Like that would have been a great movie if it was just him being super competitive and like the aliens came down to Earth and, you know, tried to destroy us. And I took that personally and just started like... <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. He would like. I think he would have Pete Rose that movie. Like he would have bet. He would have bet on the Monstars to win, and then you know kept it tight. He was going to keep the the game tight because he likes to stay competitive. But then ultimately thrown it to, to like like he was. It definitely seemed like he was way more into gambling than he was. No, I mean he into playing basketball. No, I don't know. He was into winning though. Like that that's what I got from yeah, the last dance. No, he's right, like right. so, ultimately he was into winning. I think the scenario is he bets on the monsters, but then can't actually bring himself to tank it, so he like ends up winning the game. Like him betting against himself is the motivation that he needs <laughs> to win. Like right. I said I couldn't do it. You know what you did? And I took you that know, personally. You know what you just did? You just described a moving a movie 10 times more compelling oh, 100%. than Space Jam. No, it's, yeah, well, that was, I mean, Michael Jordan is 10 times more compelling than he was in the movie Space Jam. Like, Michael Jordan as a person is fascinating, <laughs> and that's why I loved every second of The Last Dance, but, like, no, I mean, Bill Murray is in Space Jam as just, like, not funny. I think his role is to be not funny. Right. And Wayne Knight, who also has, you know, he's Newman from Seinfeld, also not yeah. funny in the movie. Yeah. Like, there's... Nope. I don't. Yeah, that movie's not good. Yeah, all the all the people who are professional funny people are are not funny, including the cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. And um, all the people who are professional basketball players didn't actually have to play basketball. So a miss, a miss in every aspect, but still a success. And still, they're going to be releasing this movie. And good news, HBO HBO subscribers. Yeah. Uh, oh. I'll, gonna be available in your home. I'll watch it now. Like now that it's a. <laughs> also, I will point out, like uh, LeBron James. I I've only seen him in like a handful of things, but like I've seen him in comedic roles. Uh, he was in was he was in the Amy Schumer's movie, right? Like was it Train oh, Train Wreck? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah I yeah. LeBron James. Like I I fully believe is capable of. Uh, carrying this movie and being funny should they give him anything <laughs> to play or do you know sure uh, but yeah that was i didn't know we were going to talk that much about space jam i did uh yeah want to talk a little bit more about the the hbo max thing because 
One is interesting. Before we, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Before we move on, because I, okay. I, I'm, I'm totally with sure, you right there. Sure. But if you if you want to watch a Warner Brothers reboot from the early to mid '90s, watch the Animaniacs on Hulu. Oh, is that good? Because it is it is goddamn genius, man. It's genius, in my opinion. Uh, no matter what, but I am biased because I loved that show when it was airing. I never missed it. Um, so take my opinion with a grain of salt if you didn't watch it before. If you watched it before and loved it, then there's no reason for me to even be talking to you right now because you saw it. But if you haven't, go watch it. It's really, really funny. It's like really fucking funny. No, it's good. I had been sort of hesitant just because I, I also really loved the animated show like when I was a kid and I just like I was like I can't have this be bad like if this is not good I don't want to like I don't want to you know revisit something that I really liked from my childhood and be like oh no it's it's bad now because we've been burned so many times yep. before I completely understand you're not burned this time. okay this time right. they they did All right. they did that's it. good no I'm glad very yeah. very happy okay awesome uh, yeah, so, but I, I did want to talk more about the HBO Max thing because there was an interesting wrinkle to this story that I don't know if you saw. So, this was obviously, you know, people had strong reactions to it. Well, let me, maybe I should ask that first. What, how do you feel about this, this move to release all of their movies in 2021 simultaneously in I theaters think, and... Um, uh, I almost feel like I need to up my bandwidth just to, to fit Warner Brothers balls into this move, honestly, <laughs> like it's. I think it's. I think it's bold as shit. Yeah, and it's. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to follow it. And, and it seems like there are some production companies that are behind some of these movies that said, um, "We're not okay that you're doing this," but ultimately Warner Brothers has control. And I said, "Get yeah, sure, fucking go for it." Who knows when the hell this is going to end? You have all this crap sitting on the shelf. And they said, you know, I don't think they said, fuck it. I think they said, this might be a smart business move. Let's go ahead and see what happens. I, I think it's very bold. Yeah. No, I and I would agree with that. I do know, yeah. So some of the stuff to get into is that uh, I know some of the sticking point is particular. I mean, it's money. It's always money, right? Like, so of, yes. there are people involved in these uh, films who are promised, like, a percentage of revenue earned in movie theaters who are now wondering what that means. And I know that's something in the stuff I read from the Warner brothers, people of like, we're, we're working on that. We're negotiating stuff. We are going to try to compensate people. Uh, and I, I realized that like, I mean, it's probably going to be less than what they would have gotten, but also we, we don't live in the same world. <laughs> like there, you were never going to get that money. And I think, uh, and we're going to circle back around to him in a minute, but I think Christopher Nolan sort of was uh, the test case for this in that they released Tenet and Tenet was a movie that before a worldwide pandemic would have made a ton of money that yes. lost money at the box office because they tried to release it this year. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely think there's, I honestly, I, I kind of, uh, so yeah. Christopher Nolan, I don't know if you saw this piece or not. He actually wrote like an open letter and sent it out. Right. And he called HBO Max a fledgling uh like streaming uh -huh. service. He said it was a horrible mistake. Uh he 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 said a lot of like 
very inflammatory things, which I have to be honest, I'm not surprised that Christopher Nolan is upset by this move, but I am surprised at how vocal he's been about how upset he is with Warner Brothers, considering I believe it's been the past 18 years that he has exclusively made movies for uh-huh. Warner Brothers and they've let him they, do whatever let, he wants. Yeah. Whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Like, hey, man, you swing for it and you make us money. So just go ahead and do what the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I so that came out. And then I just wanted to share because uh, there was a guy named Lucas Shaw, who's uh, a reporter who kind of had a good thread to sort of sum this up a little bit to tee us up to talk more about it. But he said a brief thread on uh, Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers and the absurd news cycle Hollywood enters this week. Warner Brothers, long Hollywood's most talent-friendly people, has pissed off a bunch of talent by dropping all of its movies on HBO Max. Why is the talent upset? Sources say talent is mad because they weren't consulted and because this cost them back-end profits. Translation, agents and financiers are worried about their shares of money being diluted. Some reasonably so, and some greedily so. Every story you read this week will be part of a negotiation where sources try to get more money out of Warner Brothers. Could a company sue? Sure, but good luck. Most talent is not guaranteed a theatrical release, and many of those clauses will be invalidated because of the pandemic. There is no back end when you can't profit. To wit, tenant. Christopher Nolan insisted on the movie being released in theaters. Warner Brothers was willing to experiment, both as a favor to Nolan, one of the most cherished relationships, and as a test with theaters. What happened with Tenet? It lost Warner Brothers a lot of money. The movie made $60 million in the biggest market in the world. Inception made $292 million in the U.S. Interstellar made $188 million. Nolan is the one guy who has stepped forward to publicly criticize Warner Brothers. You can guess his next movie won't be at Warner Brothers, but he won't have a ton of alternatives if he hates streaming. <laughs> Should Warner Brothers have been more communicative? Maybe. But if you know what will solve that, success. If these movies drive subscriptions for HBO Max, Warner Brothers will reward talent and talent goes back to Warner Brothers. If it fails, Warner Brothers wouldn't be an appealing place anyway. Remember how talent didn't want to work in Netflix because of stance on theaters. Look at the murderers row of directors working with Netflix this year. Uh, and then there's more stuff, but I think that's kind of the, the parts that I wanted to hit on It's just yeah, like, sure. yeah. So I think there's a lot to, to unpack there, but yeah, I think a lot of this seems like it's negotiation <laughs> tactics of people going like, I was hoping to make money from this being released in theaters and I don't know what kind of money I'm going to get from this new deal. Right. But yeah, I I will say like yeah. oh you know what you know what guys yeah. spoiler alert you're gonna make enough <laughs> yeah. you're gonna make enough so it'll be worth it I do believe yeah like that's the thing is like the people who are worrying about this are gonna be fine like I think you know the the people that the there's a question about is like what will happen to movie theaters but I think that was a question anyway <laughs> like I don't like. That was a question before the pandemic, and I think that continues to be a question uh, in light of the pandemic of, you know, like, movie theaters have to figure out a way to stay competitive, especially as people get nicer TVs and sound systems and setups in their home. And I do think that that's always going to be a concern, but I also... I tend to be, I think, more optimistic about movie theaters than other people do, like... In that I don't think they'll go away. Like, I just don't envision no. 
because people like going to movies and I think, and I'm people <laughs> like it, once you get a vaccine in all of us and like it's safe and we're all uh, complaining about the parking and our lunches and are able to like go into public spaces again, I want to go back to the movies, but like, I realize it's going to be a while and you, there, you, that was the thing. I love Christopher Nolan. I watch all of his movies. I, you couldn't have convinced me to go see Tenet. You, if you were like, I'll give you a free ticket to see Tenet on opening night. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to sit in a movie yeah. theater right now. <laughs> Seems like a really bad idea, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, they, they did this shit. Like, these are extenuating circumstances. But I just want to point out that it's been it's been shown over and over, um, you know, back to um, back to the printing press. You know what I mean? Of like this, this technology is going to ruin everything. Yeah, you know, they did it with uh, they they did it with the radio. They did it with television, like all this shit. And they did it with home video. You know, right? The fact that people can go and buy movies and watch them at home is going to destroy movie theaters. They'll never be able to turn a profit again. And. Um, that didn't happen, and then and then the the mail in service uh, that form of Netflix happened, and oh my god, now people they're not even gonna they're not even gonna watch TV anymore because it'll just come out on DVD and they can get it in the mail. <laughs> oh my god, DVR, well you might as well just cancel all television because people don't have to sit down and watch them when they happen. Right, and then and then all these streaming services and they they the beginning of that they said it was going to kill movie theaters but movie theaters have been upgraded at the same time that the stream the streaming service boom happened they upgraded movie theaters so that you're just you're basically laying down on a bed people will come and serve you your food yeah <laughs> and those the prices for those certain uh bistros if you will are um are exorbitant and they'll and we will still go to the movies to watch a movie in a movie theater because we want to right now i i tend to believe that all of these because to me it's like a cycle where people are like movie theaters are dying nobody wants to go see movies anymore and it's because i mean we just kind of covered it like going over this of like they're making a new Space Jam. They're making a new Matrix. Like, yeah. they're just... Hollywood really loves to just, like, you know, get every last drop out of existing IPs. Uh -huh. And as you just said, movies... It's expensive to go to the movies now. And so yeah. I think people... If it's a... Like, because... And I think, honestly, the Warner Brothers thing, I think, is a great example. I... There was never a scenario where I was going to pay money to see the new Space Jam in the theater. It wasn't going to happen. I, I, Molly and I weren't going to be sitting around going like, you know what? I think I want to have an outing tonight. You know what we should do? Let's go see Space Jam and pay like $60 for the two of us to see uh -huh. Space Jam in the theater. <laughs> like, it wasn't going to happen. Now that it's on HBO Max, I'll probably watch it like one day. I will. I will. I will definitely watch it. Look, even when... Um, even when, uh, 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 my goofy friends were talking about what a mind fuck it was to go to the movie theater and, and see cats <laughs> about this time last year, I didn't have any desire no. to see cats 
When I could watch it for free at home, I watched the fuck out of Cats. Yeah, I, you and I were talking about that before the show. I actually just watched Cats too. Yeah. Like, and I never would have. Yeah, same. Yeah. I wasn't going to pay to see that in the theater. But like, yeah, if you make it available. But like, that's the thing. There's always this talk of like movies are dying. People don't want to go to see the movies anymore. Avengers Endgame made two point eight billion dollars in the movie billion theater. Dollars. Billion. And I, I was the, I was there Thursday evening. Yeah. You couldn't have kept me out of that theater. Yeah. I would have like, I would have put on any disguise I could think of to get into that movie theater to see the first showing of it yeah. because I had to. I just had to. I'm a grown ass person who should have better things going on, which. I'd like to think that I do, but with that movie, I had oh, yeah. to be in there. No, so it's, we all felt it's that. still there. We all felt that of like, you have to see this movie when it comes out. Like it, it was an event. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can create events like that, people always go to the movies. And I've also, when this kind of broke and, and on social media, people end up asking that question of like, well, with all this talk about movie theaters, like what's uh, an experience in a movie theater that you really loved? And uh, I saw that question asked, and that was one that immediately came to mind is going to definitely. the screening of Endgame when uh, two two moments from the end of that movie. One, when Captain America, uh, you know, like raised up. You better get this name right. Mjolnir. You better get that name right. Mjolnir. Is that... Close enough yeah. as Mjolnir. But yeah, okay. yeah. I'd, I'd be anxious every time. I'm like... This guy's going to judge me, they, you know, but when he raised it up, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the crowd that I was with lost their mind, like absolutely lost their mind. Yes. And then pretty much like, you know, when all the portals started opening and particularly when uh, T'Challa came out, you know, like when the first group of, you know, full Avengers started coming through those portals, like, uh-huh, like those uh-huh. experiences, I, a packed theater cheering like absolutely cheering oh, yeah. oh my god and it's oh yeah you will never replicate that at home that wouldn't it like if i had watched that on a streaming service i would have enjoyed it i know because i've watched that movie a hundred times on streaming services since the pandemic started yeah sure 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 <laughs> but uh yeah yeah y'all need to get over it because like i know there's a, a lot more there are so 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 many people that go in um, that factor into the making of a movie. Mm-hmm. But I just want you, the movie people, consider this. We can listen to music at home. Yeah. We can listen to music of the bands we absolutely love at home. We'll still go to concerts. Yeah. At all. We go there. They go there. We, we don't go there to listen to the band play necessarily like we want to hear the band play but they're playing shit we already we already know the sound of we go there to be with everyone else and listen to the goddamn band play yeah and I mean, that's a really good analogy, too, because I, I know that uh, no musician makes any money off of streaming. Like, Spotify yeah. will be like, we pay, played your song a billion times. Here's $10. Like, nobody... Right, exactly. <laughs> like, the music industry has one of the worst streaming deals in existence. But yeah, musicians make right. their money off of live events. People will still go. Exactly. And I mean, you have... They'll still go. And I know, and I know that's, that's not a one-to-one comparison. I'm just saying, you know, okay, here's here's a good here's a good one because this was this was from the oh, if not the first season of cheers it was the second season of cheers <clears throat> there was um there was a guy in a bar who they assumed was lying about his life he was saying he was a spy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool yeah. dude yeah right and so um 
uh, Diane, being the party pooper she is, gets wind of this and wants to do something about it. And Sam asks, asks her, um, uh, why do you think people come to bars? And she says, okay, well, let me think about it. Let me, I'm going to guess to drink. And he says, no, they can do that at home. And that's what I think about yeah. when I think about concerts and movies and um, comedy clubs and shit like that is I could I could do it at home. You know what I mean? I'm going to get the same laughs, the same thrills. I can hear the music, whatever. I could do that at home. I go out to be around people. Right. The same yeah. – like the people who are experiencing the same th thing as me. You know? Well, yeah, it's sort of like saying ovens are going to kill the restaurant industry. Like, we could all cook meals at home. Like, we like paying a lot of money to eat them in restaurants. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, sure. I think that's kind of saying, like, I could, I could just make this music at home. Yeah. Well, right. We could. But we, I, look, say, I, I, well, do, I'm say, I take your point. All I'm look, saying we is, pay money to go out. All I'm saying is Lars and I could be Radiohead. And I think we all know it in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I am. I think I could be pretentious. Enough. Yeah. I really put my mind to it. Uh, no, but I like I will say um, and and again, I said it before, but just to reiterate, I am a big fan of Christopher Nolan's movies. I, I love oh, yeah. I love the swings he takes as a director. I'm legit kind of surprised at how against this he's being publicly just because yeah. and honestly, to use another pop culture reference, I kind of when I first was reading his thing. It reminded me weirdly of Ghostbusters when uh, they all get fired and uh, like uh, when Ray is actually explaining to he's like, I like the university. You've never been in the private sector. They expect results. Uh -huh. And I was like, uh -huh. like, that was kind of what I thought. I'm like, dude, you've worked for this company for 18 years. They've let you uh -huh. shoot on film. They've let you use IMAX cameras like go to netflix and have a conversation with them like first of all they're gonna stream your movie second of all when you're like i i need this much money to like this is the budget i have to shoot on film i'm using imax cameras they'll be like shut up no you're not i don't agree to any yeah. of that like uh-huh i like your idea and here's the thing is like we we've um we we've been uh, cheerleaders for Christopher Nolan since the, the beginning of this show. Oh yeah, we started this show yes, yeah. basically talking about <laughs> did, yeah the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, no, the Dark Knight, <laughs> which is yeah, it's I, a movie I absolutely love, and that we spent probably too much time discussing on this show. Honestly, totally, and I I, I and I'm a, a Christopher Nolan defender. Oh yeah, and the thing is. Uh, I keep saying the thing is I'm going to stop that, dear listeners. I apologize, um, but. I feel like I need to be that sometimes because the beef that people have with some of his movies are legitimate. Yeah. What I like about Christopher Nolan is he, um, he, he just swings. Well, yeah. He just swings away. No, I think we're at these ideas and the execution isn't always perfect. In fact, it's, it, it's rarely perfect. It's not all memento. You know what I mean? Right. You, you scratch. Scratch um, uh, Interstellar a little bit, 
And oh, oh, that one's oh, does that oh, that gets super messy. It's funny that you picked that one. That might be my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> I really, yeah, I just, and again, I like, I'm totally with you in that. I love that he takes chances. I I will forever give him the benefit of the doubt because I've yes. never walked out of a single one of his movies going like I felt like I wasted my time. I've definitely walked out of some of them being Interstellar in particular being like I'm not sure why that was the movie we got, but like I like yeah. that he made it and that he swung for it and I mean it was hilarious to me to hear Matthew McConaughey say Murph for like 6 hours, but uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, um Interstellar, you could talk about that one for a minute. Um Inception, you could talk about for fucking ever all the good things and the bad things that happened in that. But you know, no one made a movie quite like that before, and they're probably not gonna try for a long time after. Really went for it. The execution was great, but you know, start to pick it apart and again. Jesus Christ, it becomes slop. Yeah. It really does. Well, we've talked about the fact that, like, uh, Memento is a great example of, I mean, Hollywood copies everything. And, you know, Groundhog Day is something that every few years someone makes a new twist yeah. on Groundhog Day, including Palm Springs this year. I think that was this year, right? It's yep, time is yep. meaningless. But, yeah. but I liked Palm <laughs> yeah, Springs. Sure. Like, that one was really fun. Uh, you, there haven't been a Memento. <laughs> style movies no, no. one attempts nope. it because it's too hard i'm sure someone has sat down at a computer and been like i'm gonna write a movie that does the memento thing and then uh-huh. deleted that file 20 minutes in because they went how the fuck did he do this like this is hard yeah, they, they either <laughs> they either couldn't do it or they just wrote memento again <laughs> right. oh my god it's the same fucking thing it turns out that was the way that you do that oh damn it <laughs> It's really funny. There's only one thing I've ever seen that tried to copy that format that I can think of. And it, they did an episode of Seinfeld where they told the story backwards. But, you know, right, that was a 30-minute right. comedy. <laughs> like, very different yeah, stakes and, and, and goal. And no one had no one had a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> right. Yeah, like everybody knew everything it, it didn't have that effect of a guy be that was the yeah, thing he's like yeah. like he had a he had his his protagonist was an unreliable narrator but he wasn't the main narrator there was someone telling a story over top of the unreliable narrator and they were doing it in the opposite direction of the narrator but it's also that's the thing that i now you have me doing it now i'm saying that's the thing uh but uh no he he it was a gimmick for sure to tell the story backwards but he did it so that you were experiencing the story the same way the protagonist was like you were also in every scene without any prior knowledge of what had just happened before it like it replicates that experience for the viewer like it's a good reason yeah straight up but then if you on the um on the dvd you have the option to watch it in the right order so you know everything that's going to happen but you're you're being told that you're being told that in the third person where you're still experiencing the movie in the first person and it still works. It's being told in opposite directions at the same time and it's still a good goddamn movie. Well, right, because if it wasn't a good story forward, it never would have been a good story backwards. Like it, it might have been an interesting gimmick, but it wouldn't have been satisfying because it has to start with a story that's worth 
no it's that movie is his masterpiece like i obviously love his batman movies but like memento is that is peak nolan that's one of the yes, best it's, films it's very, yeah. it's very rare that uh an artist's um opus opus starts at the beginning of their career yeah um it's it's him and christopher you know, mcquery you don't want to say the guy peaked there but god damn i just haven't seen one as, as perfect as yeah. that no it's him and mcquery those in, are the in his catalog yeah well i think what we're trying to say is look christopher nolan um christopher nolan bad mouthing this decision is the same as i don't know batman arguing with this decision right you know like all your shit's on there yeah you know well and it's just to the the you know the thing in the thread that i i pointed like where are you gonna where do you think you're gonna make movies because netflix is probably the next option of like somewhere that would give you a lot of money to make whatever you wanted to make like they're they're doing a lot of stuff with a lot of high profile directors your whole thing about streaming is going to be like a non-starter with them. And also, again, they're not going to let you shoot in IMAX because it's like really expensive. You, What, are you going to go to Disney? You're going to make a movie for Disney? You think they're not going to demand that that movie end up on Disney Plus? Like, like you know, yeah. so what is that? that yeah, I think right. that literally leaves Sony at that point as the only option of like, I hope they give you whatever you want because if not, then I don't know what you're going to do. You know, yeah. Then no one will see your shit. I can't. I can't watch a fucking Spider-Man movie. I can't play a Spider-Man game on my Xbox. Like they're they're so exclusive. I don't even like. I, I, you'll probably get a paycheck, but no one's gonna see your shit because that's the thing, right? Like we're we're all making concessions for this world we're living in now. So okay, like you don't like the decision, but. What are the options? Well, okay, okay, fine. You know what? We're gonna put we're gonna put your movie out in theaters worldwide on its release date, as we as we stated before, and you can get the back end of fucking zero. Yeah. How about that? Well, I mean, you know, like, or else, or else, do you just want to keep making movies so we can keep it on a shelf till everything goes back to normal, so you can get your full paycheck? Is that what you want? I, like if you do, then I think that's unreasonable. A and B, what a jerk! Right? Why you gotta be such a jerk? You want people to see the stuff you made? Well, and also, I mean, it, it's fascinating because again, and preface this by all of the nice things that we just said about Christopher Nolan and how much I think of him as a director. This is kind of your fault in a way. Like they tried with your movie to release it in theaters to see what happened and it lost a fuckload of money. Yeah. That's why they're making this decision. They listened to you. They said, okay, you know what? You want this to be in theaters? Sure. We'll put it in theaters. Oh, that was a bad idea. Now what? Like that's how we right. ended up here. Like to pretend that you didn't have a part in this decision is disingenuous. Like the failure of tenant at the box office led to them making this decision. Like it's an A to B, honestly. Like, so, right. You know, and also, I mean, I just, yeah, I like, I don't know, man. Like I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling he'll walk this back a bit, but here's a real question. I, I agree. I agree. Here's a question for you that, that I think is a good question. Let's say, uh, that everybody gets vaccinated, uh, you know, everything is better, everything reopens, it's all safe. This, this is a magical world. 
<laughs> where, but like, let's say this somehow, and I don't actually think this will happen, but let's pretend that that was all possible to happen by next August and we're back to okay. normal. They've said they're going to release all these movies on HBO Max and in the theaters the same day. Right. So let's say by the time Suicide Squad is released, mm-hmm. it's being released simultaneously in the theater and on HBO Max the same day. Do you pay to go see it in the theater? You, Lars. Me, Lars. Lars Periwinkle. Does he do that? Um, boy, oh boy. Um, you know what I think I would do? Holy crap. That's an interesting question. I know, right? My first instinct is that, um, here's where, here's the dichotomy, right? I don't. I don't even know how to make a comparison because this is this is weird. Um, I've been burned by Suicide Squad before. Oh, so it's, this is okay. How about this? What if it's Dune? Is that better? Is Dune a better question oh, okay. for you? Um, right. Yes. Yes. Everything's safe. I go see Dune in the theater. 100%. Okay. That was really what I was trying to get to. I, cause I, I picked Suicide Squad because I really like James Gunn. So I, that came to mind cause I, I would go see Suicide Squad in the theater, even if I could watch it on HBO. Right. Max. That's where I was. Is I, I've been burned by Suicide Squad, but I love James Gunn. So uh, yeah. I think I would probably like watch Suicide Squad at home. And if I liked it, I would go to, the and then if you liked it, yeah. it for the second time. Yeah. I like, cause like yeah. th- that's happened so many times before where, I mean, to, to all of people who watch movies, you see it in the theater and then you watch a bunch of times at home. Um, in this case, I think I would just be like, is it safe? Yeah. <laughs> and then right. I'll go to the movie theater to watch it. Yeah. It's funny because I I think the reason I didn't ask you about Dune is because I'm a little uh, gun shy about that one. I'm not I'm not convinced. Like I I if it's, nor nor am I. It yeah. doesn't but it doesn't matter because no matter what, it's gonna be interesting. Yes. And it's probably gonna play better on a big screen than it would at home. Oh, yeah. Regardless. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, like that one I, I I sincerely don't know. I would the funny thing, I think my answers are inverted. I would go see Suicide Squad, but Dune I would probably watch it at home first. And then if it was really it cool, I'd be like, you know what, I want to see this in the theater. Uh but yeah, no, I, I do think that it's sort of I think this is the right decision for where we're at right now. I think none of nobody knows what the future will hold, but I, I, and it sounds like you're on the same page with me that like, I, I don't think theaters will never go away because they offer something that can't be replicated, which is human connections, which are important. I think we hopefully all realized this past year, human connections are nice. No, no, look, a hundred percent. Look, I, I, and you were there like seriously, how often do you and I talk about? I know we've talked about it on the air countless times, but even uh, you and I having a private conversation, we've recounted watching episode one in the theater for the first time together. That was a fucking thing. That was oh a, yeah, a yeah. hallmark, a hallmark in our lives as far as Star Wars is concerned. Yeah, you know, um, uh, the re- before that, the re-release of um, of the original trilogy was a hallmark in my life. Yeah. Um, watching that with like with my father in the same theater where he watched them when he, when they were first released and he was, you know, a, a man in his twenties. Um, and then 
uh, I'll like I'll n- never forget. I will be passing on to whatever the next generation is uh, that's interested to listen to my dumbass talk about watching um, Infinity War and Endgame in the theater with all those other people. It was yeah. a- an unbelievably incredible experience. Yeah, um, like I, I can't like as much I could I could write a whole book about watching one of those movies in the movie theater and you wouldn't i wouldn't be able to com- convey the emotional response i had to it the Man, theaters I, aren't going anywhere and honestly when when everything is back to some semblance of i won't even say normal but just like acceptable to gather in public again nothing would make me happier than if you and i and a like a room full of like-minded nerds could do like a rocky horror-esque screening of those two movies i that would make me ecstatic i would pay to go see both of those in a theater again with a bunch of like excited nerds in a minute like at this point no 100 percent. and i don't i don't expect any other studio or production company to to sign off on on going down the same road that Warner Brothers has chosen, but I applaud them for it. I think yeah. they say, like, look, we, not only do we have a schedule of movies that it looks like we're going to be able to get back to to making, so we need to to be releasing things so that other things can be released. Yeah, but also, but also, look, you know, people paid for this streaming service; they're paying for the movies. Not all of them can go to the theaters. If any of them can go to the theaters. They're just sitting at home. Look, we'll, we'll all make some money. It won't be the same amount of money, but we'll make some money. Let's just get it out there in hopes that we'll get back to some semblance, like you say, of normal. And um, and, th- and then we can, um, you know, we can all take a bath in gold coins again. <laughs> right. But in the meantime, <laughs> people should see this shit. That's, it's already made, you guys. Right. It's made. It's just sitting there. No, they, yeah, there, there is definitely like a log jam factor to like, it's like 20 movies and we're making more. So like, we, we need to get these out of here at some point and do something with them. Also, like, this is obviously not an endorsement because they've given me nothing. And if you guys want to give me anything, I'll, I'll gladly take it. But like, HBO Max is pretty great. <laughs> like, like library wise, yeah. like content wise, it's already good. And I like, I sincerely hope that this gets more people to subscribe because I know... Uh, the, it's been a little underwhelming, uh, which I'm sure contributed to this, uh, their subscriber numbers so far, but like, they're great and their content is great. And I probably watched them probably more than any of the other streaming services that I have right now. Like just with everything yes, that's I, on there. We, like we, we pretty much only watch, uh, streaming services and, um, <clears throat> uh, our default, you know, when you're mindlessly like, I'm just sitting down to eat a sandwich. I want to watch something while I'm eating a sandwich. Yeah. Her her default was she would just click on Hulu. My default, I would just click on Netflix and watch whatever the fuck thing. Look, the IT crowd still brings me joy. Please, Netflix, always have the IT crowd on, yeah. on your service because it's my favorite thing. Um, um, and her, you know, she would 
probably go. She probably go. It's always sunny. Anyways, yeah. Well, but um, by the way, both, both of us. Sorry, both just of us if, click on um, HBO Max because that's where the stuff is now. Yeah. No, I was gonna say if, like that you could substitute me and Molly in there. Just substitute the words Fraser and Community uh-huh. and yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like what's on HBO Max because they there's new stuff popping up because you know as old as HBO is this streaming service this form of the streaming service is still up and coming so. Every once in a while, you'll see, you'll go on there and there's a new gem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we needed, yeah. like, no, it's it's hard for everyone. I, I think I've said before that no, November was an especially difficult month for me and my wife were just, and things were getting better. But we went back and started watching um, Doctor Who mm-hmm. because we needed a lot of comfort food. It's all there, you guys. Yeah. Like, ec- Eccleston to now is just sitting on HBO Max. Yeah, which like that. Yeah, that alone is like high value. Like there's even, um, you know, like Molly and I, the thing we just started watching is we realized all the Adam ruins everything from true TV are on there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's like a bunch of those we haven't seen. So, yeah, it's just like if you just dig around on there, you find all this other stuff that you're like, oh, I didn't know this was there. Like just a lot of TV content. Uh, plus like we also watched, um, the undoing in like a day, um, which is oh, really no great. Shit. Yeah. We both I've got- heard nothing but good things, yeah. but boy, am I afraid to start that? I don't know why I'm no, just really hesitant. <laughs> no, we started it and then had that of like a so next one, right? We're going to watch that because it's only six episodes, but like once we started uh, it, it uh. was so engrossing. And then it was a reset thing where it was like, somehow I hadn't had anything ruined about it, but then I had that, like, I think we both had that of like, now that we're investing in this, I need to never find anything out. Like I, I now live in a world where the undoing could be spoiled for me. Uh-huh. So now oh, I okay, okay. watch all of now, this. Now let me ask you, is it like, is it, is it, are you invested and are you compelled because it's really good or are you invested and compelled only because it's in it's investing and compelling you know what i mean <laughs> what's the I distinction guess what i'm asking is yeah. is it really good and you want to see what's going on or are they are they just really good at manipulating you into no. thinking oh. that you need to watch the next one this, okay now i understand that. That's, that is a good question no it's it is really good because it's what's really great about it is the characters like it's honestly kind of more of a character study than anything else. And like, just the, the characters are very well done and like everyone, like even characters that, you know, sort of aren't as big players in it. Like everyone is fully formed and feels there's a lot of depth to like every single person presented. And, and what I liked about it too, I I actually would say that it's the opposite of what you were asking in that without giving anything away, there were several things that happened in this show that made me really happy because they felt like things that happen in real life that normally shows go out of their way to make not happen because they, they want to amp up the drama, but it was like, no, let's do this and then get to the other side of it. Like what happens if this thing that would probably actually happen is what happened instead of like the TV thing happened. And then, like, right let's on. explore right the other side. And, like, that was great. Like, I really loved that them sa- for that. That sounds like a, um, um, that sounds like a, a Vince Gilligan way of writing. Yes. Of let's, yeah. let's yeah. take a side, let's take a sidestep and see if we can write ourselves yeah. back into 
out of it. Yeah, honestly, it did kind of have that of like where another show that was just trying to get you to and I like those shows. Don't get me wrong. Like I like plenty of shows that have writing like this, but like where they would milk something for like several episodes to be like, oh, we don't want the thing to happen. So like, let's milk the person getting away with it for this long. It's like, no, it happens. It happens right now. And now we're going to deal with it happening. And it's like, yeah, that kind of storytelling, if you can do it, is great. No, it is great. And they just they just did that with the last two episodes of The Mandalorian, too, of just like dropping shit and then blowing shit the fuck up literally and figuratively. Which unsurprisingly, yeah, The Mandalorian's been so good because I liked last season, but this season is like it. There's a purpose behind it. Like this season, this season, it felt like I wasn't. Like, okay, last season felt like I was a purring kitten in someone's <laughs> lap, and they were just stroking me and yeah. saying, that's good, I'm going to take care of you, there's nothing to worry about. Um, th- This season, it feels like they still love me, but I shat in their slippers at oh, some point. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he's just like, you... I still love you, I'm still going to take care of you, but you better watch your fucking ass, because anything can happen now. Yeah. Oh yeah, anything. No, it's it's pretty great. Like, and it's yeah. I, who <clears throat> who got that beacon, man? Who who heard that? Look, look. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, there's some weird shit as of you know the you know be, beginning of December of uh, 2020. Whenever when whenever you're listening to this, it's the beginning of December of 2020, and a lot of entertainment's up in the air. A lot of things are going wacky. A lot of people are not into it, but I think we are. Like, there's some there's some good shit happening in entertainment. There really is. No, it's been a good, uh, good time. So good, in fact, that like we're pretty much out of time. And I w- had planned on bringing up. You actually mentioned it. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Spider Man Three, but I don't think we really have time to get into it. But apparently, oh, everyone, yeah, every everyone's in it. It's they cast everyone again. Everyone's in it. Okay, <laughs> look, we don't we hardly ever do this. Um, uh, 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 but. But okay, thank you for listening to <laughs> to, Ho- to Hobo Radio. You can hit me up. I'm at the Lars Peter on Twitter. Yeah. If you want to hit me up, this is uh, what we Joel need. Like at, at Free Mister Clark. Also, are you still on there? Yeah, yeah. Free Mister Clark. Uh, we also we have a Instagram Hobo Radio podcast. Like you can, you can hit us up on there. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come hit us up. And also next week, I think we're going to be talking a, a lot about um, Mandalorian, like probably specific characters. Yeah. No, I have a feeling. Yes. But uh, but yeah, I no, I do. I want to talk about the Spider Man at some point. This is we need a Patreon. This is look, just mail us ten dollars, and then we'll we'll release a bonus episode. Where somebody somebody put ten dollars in an envelope, or you know what, Kenya, we mentioned you guys earlier. Do you guys want a special show? If I knew how to drop it just for you guys, I would do that. We would just sit here and we would record a second episode just for you, where we talk about uh, the fact that, like, yeah, the, everybody, all all of the Spider Men, uh, the Doc Ock. Look, at one point, at one point, um, at one point they they weren't even going to have the same Spider-Man be in the Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And now everybody's going to be in the Spider-Man 3. <laughs> but also, like, we need, uh, is it, is her name Rosemary Harris? Is that the right name? Do I have Aunt May from, <laughs> uh. Oh, um, I don't remember her name. But, like, 
I, I, I want to say that's it. Um, like, yeah, it is. Rosemary Harris, Aunt May. This is why we're not talking about it on this week's show. It's going to we'll be, be prepped. next week. We'll be prepped. But I just want to say, if we're doing this, if we're like, come on, like, you're telling me you can't get her because I know that she is still acting because she was actually in uh, The Undoing, by the way, to tie it all together. But uh, cast her in this movie. Have her meet Marissa Tomei and have why the hell not and Sally Field are you kidding and, me and Sally Field and have Tom Holland be like how come I got the hot Aunt May like be yeah. like, <laughs> like bummed probably, out about I probably could have kept Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau <laughs> off this one I don't know I don't know you know what I don't know either I yeah don't know either. I, yeah, I, yeah I wouldn't bet on that <laughs> But that's next week. Very, a very cool and sensual lady. But that's next week. So it is so next week. I'm I'm writing it down, and yeah. also because I don't want to lose any listeners. Who else listen to this? We're gonna talk about. Uh, oh, for my brother-in-law listens, so we're gonna talk about Ween for a brief <laughs> moment, and we're gonna talk about Bjork because I don't want to lose my uh, my friends in Manhattan. <laughs> Everyone, listen next week. It's gonna be fucking terrific yeah also hey just to tie it all together to wrap it up like sony if you want to like one send us some playstation fives uh and then like pay us to do we'll do an exclusive podcast that only talks about spider-man and no one can listen to it unless they use sony products we'll do that but i want a ps5 We're huge proponents of spider-man on the show if nothing yeah. else we talk about spider-man a lot look so, i uh, yeah it's What's up, sony it's luckily not really an issue because I don't have this money, but the thought has crossed my mind of what if I bought a PS5 so I could play Spider-Man? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's It has happened, but it's I'm not. So if you guys want to mail me one, though, I'm down for that. <laughs> That's true. If, you're, if your sales are struggling in Kenya at all, we can boost them. <laughs> yeah, we'll Which endorse I hope it. they're not. I hope the Kenyan people are able to get themselves a, a PS5. Yeah, I hope Jesus. you guys are playing Spider-Man and listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. I wish nothing but happiness for you. <laughs> All right. But remember, question everything. Like, where's my PS5? <laughs>
when Christ was born. Production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, that's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs>